Welcome back to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast, where we talk to interesting and inspiring people about coffee and all the things that bring them joy and all the things that stimulate their passion. We are so excited today to bring on our friend and Kevin's co-worker, Kat Scott. Gosh, where do I even start with Kat? Kat, you are one of the most interesting and informed coffee professionals I've ever met. Kat has been in the coffee industry for about 12 years. Uh, she's been a green buyer. She's been a roaster. She's an educator for the Specialty Coffee Association. She's been a barista. She has sourced both coffee and tea. And she's even an espresso machine technician, I believe certified with La Marzocco. In this episode, we cover Kat's entry into the coffee world, how she's watched it grow from the inside, and we also cover a lot of fun topics like sourcing coffee, we talk about green buying, we talk about origin trips, barista competitions, and the SCA's virtual expo, which went down around the time of this recording. We want to thank you guys for sticking it out with us during this weird time and working through the audio quality limitations of Skype calls. Through trial and error, we found a way to make our audio sound better, and that'll start to show in future episodes, probably in the next two or three. So again, we thank you for sticking with us and making us part of your weekly rotation. We also want to remind you that if you are getting any value out of these podcasts, then consider hitting that subscribe button, giving us a positive rating that helps us reach more people. This podcast has become more than I ever could have imagined, and it is with great pleasure that I say that we have reached over a thousand listens, which is sick. Um, we started this podcast and this venture into coffee that is the Upstate Coffee Collective with nothing but gratitude. And we have seen that reciprocated in all of the people that we've met here. And we thank you. All right, that's enough of the waterworks. I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Cat Shop Mancini of Crew Coffee. Rich people arguing with each other all the time and yelling. And that's it. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's the show. They're just mad. Here's here's the last thing I'll say about Real Housewives is it has <laughs> actually it's so bad that it made me appreciate um keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh my god. Wow. wow. Because at least Ooh, keeping up with the Kardashians, it. there's humor and they're like learning from stuff and they're yeah. like they're growing as human <laughs> beings and like actually like learning lessons, whereas these people are are, are yeah. useless and hopeless. Okay. Well, all right. So for our listeners, Matt, kick us off, buddy. There's no, there's no kick. There's no. No, there, oh yeah, because you do it in edit now. Yeah, the whole beginning, the I just intro. go like in in today's episode, we talked to so and so, Cat Scott of of Crew Coffee. You know, blah, blah, blah. We talk about this and this and this. And then I just kind of like fade us into like starting the conversation. Like we've already begun. Oh, so I can't even do Matt kick it off anymore. You can tell me to um, to <laughs> close this out and then I can fuck it up. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean? yes, I will. OK, well, I'll do the send off thing. Um, we got Cat Scott. Hi, Cat. Hey, Cat. Hey, Scott. Um, 
Uh, I know Matt, you, you, you kind of know Kat, but having worked with Kat, the one thing that I would say to introduce her on this podcast is Kat has way more coffee experience than the two of us combined. Oh, <laughs> and we, we might make it seem like we have coffee experience because we've kind of dove into this and are like, you know, head first, like, oh, all right, cool. Let's figure out this coffee world. Um, but Kat has been in coffee for how many years, Kat? Um, 2020. We are at year 12. Oh, my God. Year More than a decade of coffee. Yes. And she has done, and then we'll, we'll cover this in the conversation, but this is just like a, a brief preamble for people who are listening to them be like, oh, wow, she has some shit to say. You've been a green buyer. You've been yes. a roaster. You've been a barista. You've uh, sourced coffee and tea, I believe, right? Yep. And uh, you've been in multiple throwdowns that I've seen with some beautiful latte art. Thank you. Yep. Um, and <coughs> yeah, and you've worked in Port Portland, right? No, 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 no. What's Providence? Providence. Providence. <laughs> Providence. And then we came to know each other because you came back to the area and started working at Crew, which is yep. its own little hub of coffee geniuses. Very fortunately, it really is. Uh, yeah, no, seriously, we're we're it's really lucky. We say it all the time. Like Evan and I are always like, we're so lucky to work at that space where everybody actually has an interest in coffee. Like, there's not a person there who's like, eh, it's my job. Like everyone's like, no, I'm really into this aspect of it. Um, so just to like get this, how would you? Uh, oh, you know what? Let's do our normal thing. Kat, uh, now that I've done a little preamble, um, how are you and what do you do? <laughs> what do, you do? I'm great. Thank you for yeah. asking. You're um, and basically, I do a lot of stuff Yeah. for coffee. Um, yeah. I'm an educator for the Specialty Coffee Association. I teach at Expo as a station instructor. Um, this is the first year since I've been... Actually, since I've been certified um, as a lead instructor, that I'm not teaching something or volunteering, because you know, That's Expo, because... Expo would be happy. We would be in Portland right now. Um, yeah, I would be. Technically, I would be doing. I believe it was cupping. Intro to cupping mm -hmm. this year is what um, I bid on to volunteer on, but. Um, yeah, I've done, I started as a barista for Seattle's Best Cafe in 2008. Oh, whoa, where um, was that? Saratoga. Oh, nice. At Borders. At Borders. Oh, my, oh my God. God. I remember that spot. Yeah, and then Starbucks. I was there for the Starbucks Seattle's Best Buyout. And then I got switched over to working in actual the Borders store. Um, oh, cool. I moved to Rhode Island at that time, mm -hmm. and I transferred Borders locations as we all know borders doesn't exist anymore it liquidated i needed mm. a job there's a coffee shop hiring and i was like i have cafe experience now um, yeah and i started at blue state coffee in providence rhode island where i met wow. some people actually it's where i met everybody that became my coffee mentors um and from working there oh that's cool and, um i went to my first expo there i became their first Highly certified barista. They have their own internal training program. I got to be a guinea pig for that. Um, That's awesome. Ryan Ludwig, who is now with Counterculture Coffee, taught me most of the stuff I know about coffee. He's a great, he's a 
great person. Um, Todd Mackey from Bolt Coffee and Olam Coffee. Oh, um, He also taught me a lot um, from during my time working there and, and during my time in Rhode Island in general. But Ryan, Todd, and my friend Holly Badger, who's worked in cafes for, I want to say, 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Between the three of them, I built up so much knowledge in this industry. And it made me want to stay in the industry and, you That's know, pursue awesome. a career in coffee instead of with my English degree. So, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> Honestly, so, Kat, yeah. fuck bachelor's degrees. Yeah, I have a degree fair. in physics and I'll never use it. Oh, my God. I was laughing about that last night. <laughs> no, so, Isn't that so funny? Yeah. My, my rugby team actually FaceTimed me on Facebook and all of us were in there and all of us are like, is anyone using their actual degree that we got from college? Anybody? And I think one person was like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> oh I'm God. using it. Everyone else is like, we're in different fields. People just like to see that you can spend four years doing something. Basically. <laughs> I like to see that you can follow so, rules. Yeah. So, okay. So, so here, so you, you kind of, I, I guess I would say that you cut your teeth at Seattle's best was, what was, was that even, was that technically specialty at that point? Would you consider it? Like, would. How would you describe so, that experience? Okay. So you know how Starbucks is considered specialty coffee when you yeah. really break it down the same realm that Dunkin' Donuts or, um, not Dunkin' Donuts, I'm sorry, what was it, McDonald's, it's technically specialty coffee. Yeah. That's what Seattle's best was at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had a fully automatic machine. So that's where I got into espresso machine okay. maintenance because no one knew how to fix our machines. The mm-hmm. closest tech was six hours away. So I read the manual one day and learned how to fix that machine. Nice. Was so, that a La Marzocco? <laughs> <laughs> because I know that that's the machine that you specialize in fixing now. Yeah, right. Um, uh, so, no, um, Starbucks, it was a Starbucks machine at the time. They swapped them out, and it's called a Mastrana. Um, that's okay. the model of machine type of machine that Starbucks uses, and that's what Seattle's Best had. Um, oh, cool. But working there, I realized that, like, steaming milk and pulling shots of espresso, like, I like coffee. I like smelling like coffee. They didn't mm-hmm. do tastings. They didn't do origin. It was. I remember it was just, like, two types of coffee every day. I had I couldn't tell you what the hell that espresso was, but mm. I liked the physical movement of the job and the labor involved. So when I went to Blue State, I was like, I saw Blomers of Linea, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing they have these two blends for espresso, and I have to know tasting notes of coffee. I have to know six mm. coffees off the rip, and yeah. know all these things. So I was like, this is cool. Like this is sick. Like. Yeah. This is coffee. Okay, cool. I can do this. And then I got on bar and I just, it just came so naturally. I was just ripping on bar. And next thing I know, Brown University's parents weekend, the busiest weekend of the year, Mm -hmm. you have a line out the door and down Thayer Street in Providence. And people who are familiar with Providence and Thayer, they're going to be like, oh, yes, I I know parents weekend. Like, (laughs) uh huh. (laughs) It's a shit show. It's a fucking shit show. It's just packed. Nine hours of just straight being on bar, just just ripping their shots. Wow. And, so um, that's that's it. like the barista equivalent of Hell Week. You know how like the Marines go through Hell Week. Like that's <laughs> that's your Hell Week. That was my Hell Week. But remembering those things and wanting to pursue education, going to Expo, um, the Mid Atlantic Northeast, it's called Maine Coffee Conference, was still happening when I was at Blue State, and I remember attending that for three years. And mm-hmm. that's where I really got into wanting to be an educator. I wanted to volunteer. I wanted to help, you know, 
others pursue their passion for coffee and learn yeah. what they know. And oh, um, developing education that way, it really got me into wanting to be an instructor and teaching at Expo and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I left Blue State and went to Empire mm-hmm. and Empire Tea and Coffee in Newport, Rhode Island, where I was for five years. Um, that's wow. where I really, really got into the industry with pursuing my own personal development. Mm-hmm. Um, with different tools, Barista Hustle by Maddie Perger. Um, I yes. got into taking classes on different webinars from the SCA that weren't from Expo, but just like different stuff they had to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, developing training programs for the staff. That's and that's where I got into roasting and green buying. And um, I learned everything I know about green buying from Jared Harrigan from Inter American Coffee and Todd Mackey at Olam. Mm-hmm. And between the two of them. I, I really was like, okay, green buying is something I really wanted to keep doing. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go to origin. I wanted to meet the farmers and the folks, you know, who are producing these beautiful coffees that I was so stoked on roasting and serving. And my, um, when I was head roaster for empire for three years, we won every Rhode Island award for coffee every Whoa. year when I was roasting, which is pretty sick. That's um, a nice compliment. Right? That was pretty cool. I was like, yeah. I guess I'm doing something right. Um, and that was sick. And that's where I really got into the industry and was like, yep, I want to know how to do everything. Like, everything there is. I wanted to be able to say, yeah, I can do that. And I can do that well. My God, I have so many questions. But yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to start. You said you, you know, you wanted to go to Origin. So you must have, at this point, you must have gone to Origin. No, right? I've never. You never been. I've never been. Um, unfortunately, the companies I've worked for just didn't have the ability, the money to send me. Um, yeah. One of the goals when I was with Empire was for myself and my roasting assistant at the time to come out with different coffees. Um, mm-hmm. We would come up with blends and we'd sell it and then we would take those profits and put it towards our us going to origin. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately... You know, businesses have their ups and downs, and this business was experiencing a down. So yep. I was unable to, yeah. we weren't able to come through with that, unfortunately. Yeah, that is unfortunate. Well, and, you know, that the tough thing about that is there's, there's like, a lot of people have talked about the barrier to entry into coffee and how that's kind of low. But the barrier to entry as far as actually going on those trips, depending on where you're working and what your actual financial situation is, because let's face it, it's still... Most of the jobs in coffee are still like a nine to five job that aren't necessarily super lucrative. Um, That, yeah, that barrier to getting to origin is actually large. That's, that's a tough one. Yeah. But obviously you still want to go to. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Um, um, (laughs) I got invited to a roaster summit in Honduras and um, I showed it to Luke and Luke was like, that's the shit that we should be doing. It's that like, is. but the cost of origin is so, oh my God. It's, it's expensive. It's, a, it's so expensive. Yeah. It's incredibly expensive. So, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but that's like a goal I would like to have for myself now the, to get there. You know, first of all, uh, my, my minimal um, experience in coffee has already thrust me into all of uh all of the aspects of coffee including going to origin and now you know that's one of my goals one of my Mm -hmm. like dreams is to go to origin myself um 
what are the costs of going to origin? The, the first things that come to my mind are the typical, you know, the flight to get down there and then, you know, maybe housing, but it must be, it's different than getting, uh, getting on a plane and going to Miami and going to a hotel, you know what I mean? Cause you're going to origin, the infrastructure is different, right? The government's different. You're, you're in a different country in a different, sometimes a different continent, right? So what does that look like? So from my understanding, um, the Specialty Coffee Association every year offers, well, they used to offer a trip. And it was about, I want to say, for SCA members, it was about $4,000. Wow. And then your own, but it didn't include flight. Oh, my God. That was just to physically be there. And you had to do, and obviously vaccinations are very important. Um, friends of mine who've gone, my understanding is it is the cost is going to where you're visiting. You know, they're showing you around. They're giving you all these amenities, like all these cuppings. You're trying all these coffees. You're going to the, the actual farm, the cherries. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're going to the mill. Like, there's a lot. They're transporting you everywhere. And mm-hmm. just, you know, you need to make money somehow, and you want to support them. Um, but unfortunately, it's still something, like, I'm not fully educated on. But mm-hmm. I know when I yeah, did listen yeah. to doing an SCA trip, it was starting at four thousand dollars, and then you know, a little disclaimer like does not include flight. You know, it does not make sure vaccinations. Yeah. So all that right, so together, you're, you're really looking more at five, six thousand after the flight and vaccinations and everything. You know, housing. Yeah, I, that's crazy, and and yeah. and not surprising. Um, but that that is not something you know you or I could just say you know what let's do it like you know not everybody has five thousand dollars floating around you know burning a hole in their pocket especially uh in right coffee now. people <laughs> well right now and people that work in coffee yeah. generally don't get paid um uh, you know <laughs> enough to save up five thousand dollars unless you were really you know focusing on that for maybe a number of years right oh, if absolutely. i i i make I make decent money, but like if I want to go on a vacation, it's going to cost me $5,000. Like Kenzie and I want to go to, um, we want to go back to Europe again and we're looking at the price of, of everything and what we, what we spent last time we went to Europe and I'm like, we're going to need to save for, you know, a year or two if we're going to do that. And, um, so anyways, it's not cheap. No, not at all. Um, another really interesting thing, uh, that, you've mentioned to me in the past is you've also done some work for Spredge. Yeah, I've just contributed little things here and there, nothing wild. Oh, that's um, cool though. I've been in Spredge for different things, like the main coffee conference and expo. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been like photos of me. Um, <laughs> it's funny, there's a picture of me from the first um, espresso machine technician course I took, and I look so enthusiastic. Yeah. And um, my friend Dustin, who now works for a brewery in Maine. Okay. But I remember it's us, and we're just both standing there, kind of like our like arms crossed, like just making weird faces. But we <laughs> were so interested in what was going on, and I was mm. like, "Why are they publishing these horrible pictures?" And um, I was also in Sprudge because if those of you who've been to Expo, when I say Gianni. You know who I'm talking about, Gianni from Nuova Simonelli. He's like the hype man. He's this okay. wonderful old gentleman. Oh my God. He came up at a mixer 
for expo like five six years ago and comes up i never met this man before and he kisses me on the cheek and mm-hmm. next day for the expo like little newsletter because every day at expo there's a daily newsletter the following mm-hmm. day front page it's me Getting kissed by this weird old man. By oh, old no. Man. It was in stretch. I did a picture of it. It's like, yeah. It was a thing about Gianni. And then um, a couple of my friends were like, are you, are you the girl? I was like, yeah, yeah. shit. Oh, crap. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck, I'm the girl. That's awesome. Yeah, that's me. Like, yeah, you know, but um, just like. That's cool. And different events I've, you know, just attended, been a part of, or submitted, like, commentary on, so. Yeah. That's that's cool, because, like, now, like, in your 12-year history in the coffee industry, you've kind of, like, you've been peppered about. Um, And, uh, you know, I I think it's really interesting that you have had that myriad of experiences. Um, what, What would you say was kind of, like, the telling experience that really made you go, you know what, I'm in this as a career like this is my dedicated career path for sure was it your time at blue state like and getting into Uh, it that way or was there like another moment later that kind of was like oh yeah here i am in the thick of it and i'm gonna stick this out for sure i remember i was at i want to say i don't remember where the hell i was but i was I think I was watching the World Barista Champs when, when Pete Lasita won World. Okay. Um, it was the year Pete, and I'm so I forgot their name, but um, the U.S. took Brewers and Barista Champs. Okay, that was 2013. The U.S. won both the World Barista Cup and the World Brewers Cup Championship. So. Pete Lacita is how she said it looks like Lakata to me, but I'm gonna go with the expert here. So Pete Lacita won the World Barista Cup in 2013, and Aaron McCarthy took the World Brewers Cup Championship that same year. That was 2013. And I was at I was at Blue State. I wanted yeah, I was working at Blue State. We we're live streaming the um the run, and Pete won. And mm-hmm. I was like, I remember. Ryan Ludwig was in the store that day, and I remember going to him, I want to compete. Yeah. And he was honest. He's like, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of dedication and a lot of time. Oh, my and God. It really It's does. a full-time job. Yep. And I was like, well, I know I'm not ready to do that, but this is what <clears throat> this is my career. I want to do that. I want to do everything. Um, yeah. This is great. And just how welcoming, welcoming and inclusive this industry is like mm-hmm. every throwdown I went to by the Providence Coffee Society everybody was so welcoming and they're just like so hyped just to have everyone there whether it was your first throwdown your 20th like you win all the time you lose you've never poured before like mm-hmm. it was just so wholesome and I wanted to be part of that industry especially yeah. after going to Expo and seeing that like that's how everything is and, um, the word the word that Kevin and I keep coming back to when we talk about the the coffee community is gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody yeah. that we meet is just grateful to have a community of people that are enthusiastic about coffee. Um, yeah. And it's yeah, there I've really been drawn to the coffee community because they are so inclusive. They're so excitable and um and supportive and uh i 
I think, yeah, the word we always come back to is gratitude. Like we have been bringing, we have been putting our gratitude into the world and it's been reciprocated over and over and over again. And just even seeing how quickly like the, you know, the upstate coffee collective has grown. Mm -hmm. Um, People are like, Oh, you're doing that. You're like, you want to support the coffee community. Like we're here. Hi. Like, what can we do? We, that was immediately the response. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that the community is just really, really beautiful. So like, so you're watching the barista champs. You decide you're, you're setting this path to be, um, in the barista cup. Is that still a goal in your mind? Like, is that still on the, on the plate? I want to compete. Um, I don't know if I would do barista rather than brewers. I think brewers would be a better fit for me. Um, I think so too. I agree with you on that. You definitely have the personality for it. What's the difference uh, for somebody like me who doesn't know the difference between a brewer's cup and the barista championships? So barista champs, you have this full routine, you choose your coffee and the whole presentation is surrounding this coffee. So you want to present these beans, this coffee, it's story. You're telling the story of the coffee for the judges. You're creating um, I think it's still you do espresso, cappuccino, and a signature drink. I could be wrong on what the parameters are now, but um, I, that sounds correct. Yeah, and then yeah. you um, it's the whole presentation. So your your layout, so um, how you're presenting each beverage. Like friends of mine have had handcrafted just um, serving trays for each drink. They've had handcrafted drinkware as a whole. Um, yeah. And it's the routine you have 15 minutes, and everything is judged from how you, your physical presentation, the coffee, mm-hmm. your demeanor, and the music. I've had friends who competed, and they got this, you know, not, I wouldn't say disqualified, but their music choices were so frowned upon and unfitting that they were like, yeah, it, I, I lost it because of my music. Oh, my um, God. Terrible. Well, and that that's why you don't pick the cranberries to play in the background. (laughs) Like you just they're they're a great band. They just don't fit the barista chip. Okay, so so then so Matt also asked. So then Kat, uh, break down the the Brewers Cup for Matt as well. Brewers, um, basically it's your your brewing coffee. Um, So you're taking this coffee, you're brewing it. You come up with innovative ways to showcase different characteristics of the coffee. Um, a friend of mine from Boston got, <laughs> he got really into agitation and he brought whisks and then he eventually made his own like whisks to agitate the coffee oh, wow. by whisking it. Was he, like, was he dry whisking or was he whisking it after, like during part of the brew process? So after it extracted, after the brewing process, he would whisk oh, it. So it's like, you know, when we do pour overs, you want yeah. to air it a little, especially with certain coffees that we have. Of course. You know, people see me aerating the shit out of it, um, mm-hmm. really getting those flavors to pop. And that's kind of what Brewer's Cup is, showcasing your coffee you're talking about. It's it's also a presentation for it. But instead of doing it so in, um, in um, I don't want to belittle brewers when I say baristas, barista champ is more um, intensive. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you are judged at a higher degree. And barista rather than just brewer, you know, yeah, is a little. Um, so I know Luke and I have discussed like both want both of us do want to compete, and mm-hmm. um, many people have been like, you should go for brewers, you should really train, start training for that. And I think he wanted to do tasters, 
So. Oh yeah, he should. I mean, that's like he's on that journey right now. He's like, yes. he blows my mind sometimes. Like seriously, like just how dedicated he is to the flavor um, development and presentation mm-hmm. of coffee. I actually, Kat, I just had my first like moment similar to that recently when I was watching um, Lika from Onyx Coffee in the mm-hmm. Brewers Cup this year. I was like. I was like on the edge of my seat, like a little kid with like, like I'm, I'm seated right now. Like I was, I was like cross legs, like just looking at it, like, <laughs> oh, that's cool. Like It's sick. I yeah. have so much admiration and respect for all, all the competitors and yeah. barista champs, US barista champs has grown exponentially so much since I learned about it in yeah. 2012. I mean, before we did it regionally, so it'd be mm-hmm. like Northeast regional, Southeast regional, there was like six, but it'd only be like no more than 20 people Yeah. for, for prelims. And now it's hundreds of people at every prelim and it's just like. Yeah. Well, and that's an interesting thing. So you've been in coffee. Actually, I would say that you were pre like what I'm not going to call it. I'm not going to label it third way, but you were pre this rise in interest, you know, like. Um, so you've been able to watch that from inside the industry this for the past 12 years. Um, would you, would you say that there was a specific year that you maybe noticed like, oh, that this was the boom. Like there were a lot of people who finally had this interest. Honestly, I want to say it was 2017 until in 2019 for sure. So Um, really recently. That's when it really hit me. I was managing at Starbucks for a year. And I was kind of like, I, you know, I did the barista champs and I did very well. And I remember just being like, looking around the room and I'm like, okay, you guys brought some nice coffees because there's a a brewing portion to the barista champs. And I brought, I researched Mm -hmm. coffee. I got the freshest I could. I did Jamaican Blue Mountain. And, um. Always great. Right. It was a great coffee. I researched the shit out of it. Very, Mm -hmm. very, very, I went very above and beyond (laughs) compared to everybody else. Um. And then folks were kind of like not into it. And then I, you know, I was watching for the 2017 World Barista Champs, and I'm just like, you know, at Expo, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, there's a shit ton of people here. Like, oh my god, there's so <laughs> many people here. Usually in the competition hall, seats aren't filled. There's like a couple pockets of groups. Yeah. But I remember looking around and being like, damn, like this is packed out. Like, what's going on? That's and awesome. every year, you know, it's consecutive two years after watching, because he usually did World at Expo, mm-hmm. um, competition was full. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is, okay, like, things are changing. And watching it on the live stream and following it on social media, I was, it really hit me, like, the last two years of it, well, three years now, of being like, okay, so, like, prelims, why, how many people are going? Then you see the roster and you're like, 78 85 competitors yeah okay like you know that's when it really that people are really interested now and really trying Mm -hmm. to like you know pursue this which is awesome yeah that is really awesome it's it's cool to see that passion coming out in all different aspects of the of the community even in the competition yeah um and that so 2017 and 2019 you kind of noticed that boom um and now here we are it's like 2020 there's no expo this year like you said 
Have, have you heard from anybody if there's going to be any sort of like a virtual experience to kind of inter-exchange information? You got anything yeah, on that? There is. Um, Barista Magazine published the link. SCA, the Specialty Coffee Association, has been promoting it on their social media. So mm -hmm. there's going to be daily kind of like video lectures. Um, a lot of the instructors put up what they're going to present online. Um, it starts, I want to say... I think this this, this week. Month, this week? Yeah. yeah, this week. Yeah. I want to say tomorrow, maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm not for sure. I'm not certain on that. Okay, yeah. So digital lectures happened on Thursday, April 30th through Sunday, May 3rd. Uh, it was called Expo Weekend, and there were a series of online lectures that you could go to in place of the physical lectures. Uh, Kevin got to attend a bunch of these, and I believe a lot of the guys at Crew did as well and people all over the country. Um, really great innovation for a really bad situation. And we're excited for Expo 2021 in New Orleans. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, and I'm really glad that they're gonna do virtual parties. So like the Brisa Guild does a huge party every year. Um, last year, La Merzoco really pulled in all the stops. It was, mm -hmm. oh my God, it was wild. Um, That's awesome. And I really, I'm really hyped to see what kind of virtual Zoom parties are going to be. There's going to be all different events you can tune in on Zoom with, you can participate. Um, mm -hmm. There's going to be lots of stuff to bring all of us together, even though we're so, we're still so far apart this year. Because, like, for a lot of us who've been in the industry, this is the first year, first year there's no expo. So this was, yeah. Like, Whoa. This was the first year that I was looking at going to anything even yeah. like Expo included, I was kind of like, okay, cool. I'm actually in the coffee world now. I should go to Good something. Experience. And now this year there's like nothing, but silver lining, that means like maybe we've got a little time to like save up for next year, you know? And that's in New Orleans. And I'm very curious to see what that experience will bring. Oh, you know, I'm totally down. I have a place to stay in New Orleans <laughs> when we go. Yeah. Chris Hampton. Hell yeah, baby. Yeah, dude. Shout out Chris, Chris Hampton. We're coming your way 2021. We're coming, Chris. <laughs> so, Kat, just so you know, Chris Hampton is the first person I live. Okay, actually, this is funny. So the time that you were working at Borders, mm -hmm. I left I left school and came back home. And it was like late 20, 2009. And I sat down at Borders having coffee with Chris Hampton. Who, and that was eventually what brought me into Saratoga, like oh, that wow. conversation. Yeah, like we sat down and he was like, oh, yeah, we kind of need a roommate. And I was like, I've never lived on my own apart from living on a college campus. And then I was just like, fuck it. Hey, do you want me to just come live with you guys? And he was like, well, if you want to. And I was like, I'm in. And I moved to Saratoga. <laughs> and that was like 2009, 2010. And then Matt and I met each other. The same yeah, day. that was that was the cosmic fun house, wasn't it? Cosmic Kevin? fun house, buddy. <laughs> that, oh, that is. Yeah, that experience was that. So if, to give you perspective, Kat, Kevin, Kevin and I are uh, five or six years apart. Mm -hmm. And so I was <laughs> I was not even 18 years uh, old yet. I was 17 years old. I was just finishing up high school. Yeah. And we were playing music together. Right. We were we were in separate bands and we had yep. just known each other from the music scene locally. Um, and, and I was like, Kevin, hey, you want to come to a party at my place? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah, sure. And it was the coolest fucking party I'd ever been to, and I never yep. wanted to leave. And so oh my I spent God. a lot of time at that house. Little, I, actually, I've got, a, I've got a photo from that. Um, 
And then, yeah, the, like if you can, if you can, cat, imagine like little seventeen-year-old Matt out on a porch with me, and I'm like twenty-two, and I'm like, so this is single malt scotch, and this is a oh cigar, and like, <laughs> oh my uh, god, yeah. Matt was an impressionable youth, and uh, much like Socrates, who I love very much, I corrupted the youth. Um, that's what I did, and someday people will poison me and celebrate it. It might even be me, Kevin. It might even be Matt. Uh, so anyway, so okay, um, what was the process like, Kat, to get into being a technician? at this point too, because there, I feel like there's so many questions we could ask you and I, I'm kind of going to get like a little bit of each because obviously you're, you know, you're, we work together. You're an interesting person. We're definitely going to have you back on the podcast. I'm, I just, I'm trying to get like a little bit of each thing in this and then maybe like round it out with some advice for people who are kind of like, you know, where Kat Scott was at in like 2013, 2014. <laughs> but, um, how did how did you get into the technician thing? You obviously read the manual, you had an interest, and then you said that there was a La Marzocca uh, at Blue Blue State. At Blue State, Dead Alinea, yeah. Um, Is that when you got into being a technician? Not quite. So um, during that time, all the lineas is called a steam refit. So we had to like do like a refit on the steam one. It's a common, not super common, but kind of common thing. Okay. Um, our machine would break down a lot, so I'd always have to call um our technician at the time mm -hmm. and at one point he was just like all right i'm gonna walk you through it because i don't have time for this and so um <laughs> he taught me how to diagnose a lot of common stuff um yeah and like kind of like walk me through it and i really got into it at empire because the owner i say this very affectionately is a hoarder so he he's yeah. also an engineer mm -hmm. um that's his day job the empire is his hobby and mm -hmm. we would have, a, I call it the graveyard in the history of broken equipment um, for years. Mm -hmm. So one thing, <laughs> I remember we got a La Marzocco Linea PB when they first came out. And we swapped okay. that out with a GB5. And I remember he wanted to fix something on it and he had me help. And I learned a lot working alongside with him. And then a friend of mine um, was like, you should just, you already know how to do the stuff they cover to become a certified tech. You should just do it. Yeah. Um, so I took the class and then it's, it's nothing crazy. And I really wish that I could have done like an apprenticeship somehow. Yeah. Where there's a technician company. Um, for about a year, I was looking at moving to Portland and trying to work with Black Rabbit um, and those guys and just be like, you don't have to pay me. Just teach me shit. Just show me what to do. I want to know. Oh my God. Bombersocos, Simonelli's, yep. Slayers. They're very, they are very different, but they're similar at the end of it. So I was like, I'm yeah. a learner. Um, but uh, that didn't, I ended up not pursuing that path. However, um, I just like knowing how to fix things. Um, yeah. That, yeah, I like learning how to fix things. And I like understanding what I'm working with every day. And mm. it just kind of went on from there. And it's, I've been lucky because whenever, you know, Ryan, our crew, is unavailable to do, like, a tech thing, and he's like, hey, can you run over there? I think it's a, it's a solenoid that's stuck. Can you just, like, take it out and blow on it and put it back in make sure it's fine? Or, hey, there's... Yeah, what is this, a Nintendo 64 thing. game cartridge? Like Solenoids, man. You just whack it with a rubber mallet, or you just yeah. pop it out, blow on it, put it back in, and that's how it's going to work. Like, especially on a brand, right, like, times. a newer machine. 
you know, or like yeah. diagnose machines. You, so, you'd be surprised, Matt, how often. I will often see Kat leaving and she'll just like say something about a solenoid and then she'll come back later. She's like, yeah, that's what it was. It took like 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh and then, you know, we just build on little action. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I get frantic phone calls six in the morning like, our grinder's not working correctly. Can you come check on it? And I'm oh like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, because, you know, if anybody knows how to, like, dial in a grinder, it's Cat Scott. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Hey, great segue. Cat, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. one of my favorite things about you is your daily 6 a.m. dial-in story. <laughs> the photo. And, I, and this I is a great know. opportunity for us to ask you two very good questions on this beautiful mm-hmm. morning. Two <laughs> Number one, what's in your cup? Oh, this is so underwhelming. Um, I haven't made the coffee yet today. This was crew cold brew. Um, oh, nice. But I will say, if I were dialing, doing a dial-in at this moment, I am currently drinking a collaboration between Bolt Coffee and Providence and Night Shift Roasting, I want to say in Maine. Night Shift Roasting is out of Boston, Massachusetts. I'll look it up. Bolt Coffee, I've... When I got started in the industry, I met the folks behind Bolt, um, head roaster Justin. He inspires me a lot um, in the industry. Okay. And he worked on this with Night Shift Roaster. And I've been drink, you know, I've been ordering Bolt coffee, and you know, whenever I was in Providence, I tried to stop in and grab some, and mm-hmm. I'm just so impressed by the quality and the product that they that you know they're turning out, and I'm. This coffee yeah. is phenomenal. It's got like some very caramelly sweetness, like brown sugar sweetness, but then it's mm-hmm. got a lot of like fruitiness and it's so re- well-rounded. It's so, it's the, the acidity is so delicate, but it's got like a pretty, a pretty good mouthfeel. So I've yeah. been drinking a lot of that lately. Um, but yeah, um, the other coffees I've been doing, if I were doing Thailand's, I'd be showcasing um I think what what else I had oh I had um some reanimator it was like a Costa Rica oh nice that's really good yeah, yeah. super grapefruity very lots of like citric acid um mm-hmm. very 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 light um but it was good but I, honestly cool. usually I've been drinking crew cold brew as of late oh man um, or it's brewing. just easy it is or brewing yeah. 185 at home Yep. From Crew Coffee. Mm-hmm. I have geisha in the freezer. Oh, you have the geisha in the freezer? I still have geisha from, from March, early March, late February. Well, I mean, That's if it's in the, the freezer. Batches. Yeah, it's fine. It's so I told good. Luke, I'm like, it's still good. Yeah, it's he good. did a great job with that. Um, he did. Yeah. Matt and I have had, uh, we've had, obviously, a surplus of various coffees in our uh, week to week during quarantine. <laughs> Thank God. But um, I actually, I went specifically out, I asked, actually, I asked Evan. Evan went out of his way to grind me up some Turning Point from Crew uh, this week, and I've been enjoying that. But I actually, uh, Matt, what's in your mug? My mug. Um, so <laughs> I had eight. I had eight and a half grams left of a very specific because <laughs> I just measured it out. Matt I, I is all about the measurements. 
<laughs> I had eight and a half grams left of an Ecuador roasted by Touchy Coffee. Um, yeah. That is the, I believe, the sister coffee to the Ecuador at Stacks. Yes, the one that right? we just tried this Friday with our non. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, <laughs> so I brewed it in my AeroPress with like 120 grams of water. So it was like a half a cup of coffee. Yeah. I still need to make a legit like full cup of coffee, but now that, we call that's it just sister a, coffee because it's sourced by the same person, but it's sourced by the it's imported true, by the yeah. same company, but they're they're not produced by the same person, nor are they roasted by the same person. So they're yeah, they're, they're both <laughs> from the they're both they're, from the Loja region. They're in, more like uh they're more like schoolmates than sisters. Acquaintances. <laughs> yeah, they're acquaintances. They know about each other. Colleagues. They follow each other. Or, they follow each other on Insta. I should say the Loja province in Ecuador. Yeah, that's not. Um, that's good, dude. Uh, what notes are you getting? Delicious. Out of that? Did that change over the week? Yes. Because you've had that for Big about a time. week. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. What was yeah, the this ship? cup? Now, now, I mean, first of all, I have to say that I'm I brewed it uh, through my AeroPress, uh-huh. whereas the last, you know, the last 50 grams of coffee that I had of the 50 grams of this coffee that I had, I was brewing pour over usually um my Kalita and I think one time I even I brewed like a full like 50 grams of of this coffee in my um my nine cup Chemex nice so naturally whenever I brew uh through my AeroPress I get a I get a lot more intensity in like the citric acid uh qualities um so this had like a significantly different cup. The mouthfeel was much lighter, like like in terms of viscosity, like it was just much more like lighter on the palate. Mm-hmm. Um, it had, gosh, yeah, it 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 had like a almost like a pear note to it, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And um, and then like just like a a nice lingering, um, uh, it's I'm trying to like retrieve it because i finished this coffee like 35 minutes ago but. <laughs> you don't have to no no pressure man i mean like if you got a pear note you probably got like a little bit of honeysuckle in there maybe yeah some it, it was a lingering sweetness is what i was trying to get to yeah but I was, like, trying to dial in on like one note okay yeah it was fucking delicious so. that's awesome man Next. um <laughs> That's cool. I have an Ethiopian uh, Banco Gotiti from Peaks that our lovely friend uh, Nick Rovazzini gave me. <laughs> he, uh, yo, he's the man. He's such a friend. Like I love him so much. He, I was uh, chatting with him for, I was chatting with him for like a couple hours last night about just like music in general, and then like he was he was saying he came into, um. Let me see. He came into Touchy's Brazil, Sao Luis, mm-hmm. that he's like, you are more than welcome to come get more care packages of beans. Like, he's just so giving and gen- yeah. I don't know. He's just a great dude. He's a great Go- guy. He's my coffee boyfriend. He's your coffee oh, yeah. boyfriend? Aw. He's, uh, he's, he's my, I must be his coffee side chick then. <laughs> Oof. This is nah. <laughs> this is uh, awkward. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> No, he's such a cool dude. And uh, this one, like, he wrote the tasting notes on it for us and everything. Um, and this is actually really good. He's been telling us about Peaks for a little while. And I, this is the first coffee I've had from them. And I'm glad it was because it's, like, it's a really good first introduction. Um, it, it did have, like, a lighter berry note to it. 
but what was really nice, um, I did it in my Chemex, um, and I did a one to 16 ratio with 30 grams and it brought out that there's like a light melon note to it. That was really, really nice. Yeah. Not, not too bright on the citrus, but like that was kind of, that was really welcome this morning. I needed something fruity, not, not necessarily too funky, but I wanted a little bit of funk, you know? Um, but I mean, Matt will tell, I, you guys know, I, whenever I get a super funky coffee, I like lose my mind about it, but uh this was a really oh, nice time. morning cup yeah big right <laughs> like uh cat you we haven't gone to a cupping together yet but like <laughs> matt's been to two cuppings with me now and both times i'm like as soon as there's a funky coffee on the table like something that smells like yams or something i'm like oh like like all of a sudden i'm like dancing oh, around shit. it <laughs> oh you this is the defect. one defect should... cuppings those are cool where you have to identify the defect Oh yeah, I would that. love to do that. Oh man, potato defect—that's gonna be your jam. Yo, potato. Is it a defect if you like it? No, Technically, it's a, it's a you know, technically bonding coffee. You don't want that tasting like potato soup. No, you don't. Or dirt, you know. Well, okay, so it's it's not necessarily that it smells like potatoes. There there is a sweetness. You know when you're cooking yams. Mm-hmm. Um. And like they've just softened enough and you maybe like have them in a pan with like raisins and stuff because you're making like but they they lend this like sweet smell to the air that certain fermented coffees and certain um, like natural processed coffees just have to them. And I, I don't know why it triggers that sense memory for me, but like I just I love that smell. I love sweet potatoes. So like. <laughs> I just I lose my mind over it. I'm like, oh, this one's yeah, funky. Sweet potatoes. That's yeah. That's gonna be the name of the podcast today. Sweet potatoes. I love sweet potatoes. No, the name of the podcast is gonna be Cat Scott knows more than us. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ask her more questions. Um, yeah, Cat. Well, um, what? Kev, let me ask the question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, because oh, I actually this, you like. Yes, ask the question. Okay, because I, I had this like in my head perfectly. What I love about your your six a.m. dial-in stories are that they combine coffee with music, um, and that's what we're all about here on the podcast: is good coffee and good music. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, the second question we always ask is, "What's your jam?" Oh man. Oh man. For okay. Yeah. What's what's Surprise. a particular song or artist that you quarantine jam you're jamming today? My quarantine jam today yeah sure um what's the first thing that comes to mind you can also pull up your spotify if you're i uh, I usually have to pull up my spotify i I can tell you i can tell you what mine is because i was playing it this morning i've yeah go ahead kev dude thundercat baby yeah (laughs) that's what's up and i told i told you guys that i was gonna stand by this i don't give a fuck uh my jam today is (laughs) Uh, stained. I don't give a fuck. I told you. Oh, 14 Shades of Grey, baby. 14 no. Shades of Grey. Published on the podcast. I don't give a fuck. Matt, Matt's getting into his feels. Oh, my God. <laughs> always. Damn. Um, yeah. Right, Kat, wait, what do you got, Cat? All right, so... Cat's always got cool music. I was... My last listened track was Lorelei by the Cocktail Twins, but it was because I was showing somebody. So, Matt, Matthew from Touchy is going to love that. Um, yeah but Aww. I've been really into so like you see all on social media these different brackets of like bands like which band is the best and oh yeah I love 90s emo and I love shoegaze 
so I've been <laughs> so I've been doing a lot of those, those brackets. So okay. the top three artists I've been listening to have been Sunny Day Real Estate. Oh, also, man. the uh. world is a beautiful place. Did a cover of In Circles by Sunny Day, and it was really good. So I've been listening to that a lot. Oh, cool. Um, and then <laughs> lots of there's a band out of Denver called Gleamer. Um, they're kind of gazy, and I've been really into their stuff. All right. They have a new record coming out. And then nice. Charmer, which is mm-hmm. Midwest emo, and Hot Mulligan, another Midwest emo band. Um, I've never heard of that one. That Yeah. They're really good. They both had releases recently. I think that's why it's on my recently played on Spotify. Okay. And then the top artist is Elliot Smith. Of course. Yeah. Gotta love some Elliot Smith. I love um, like Elliot Smith fan. Well, Kat, you play guitar, too. I do play guitar. Um, I was in bands when I was younger. Yeah. Not so much anymore. I just kind of do it on my own. Um, yeah. I've been more focused on, bef- before this quarantine, I was really looking at building my ultimate pedal board and really figuring out what I want to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been listening to a lot of shit like Cubit and Pleithia. Yeah. And it's not that I play that type of music. I play more like sludgy, really slow, like doomy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but yeah, just focusing on that. Yeah, there's a there's a really great video um, from this is years ago now. Uh, they were analyzing um, Jesse Lacey's guitar pedal board from brand new, Bra- brand new. Used oh, he's got some weird a massive amount of effects. Yeah, they use a massive amount of guitar tones, and their pedal boards are just unbelievable like just the the amount of um first of all how many fucking pedals they're using at one time just Mm -hmm. to get like one specific guitar tone yeah Uh, i think you'd find that really interesting okay yeah right oh Uh, Uh, oh, he's such a creep yeah here's okay here's here's a funny question when matt says uh brand new what's the album that pops into your mind Honestly, it's not my favorite, Devil and God. Same. Okay. But it's not my, my favorite. Same. Also so says. Like, no. I don't know why. It's just that's the one that I think about. And then, um, do you remember the Fork and Knife demo? Yeah. No. That no. one, whenever I hear Brand New, I'm like, those two like album covers pop in my head. And I'm like, oh. why am I like this? I don't even like those records. Why am I like this? I, I've, li- I've been listening to Brand New for uh, most of my adult life, forever. I want to say. Jesus Christ, like, uh, Jesus Christ, that's a pretty face. No, um, <laughs> you, like, literally since eighth grade, so that was 2004 or five. so we're looking at 15 years of my life, I've been listening to Brand mm-hmm. New, and I've probably listened to the Fork and Knife um, EP or demo three times. Like, I had no yeah. interest in it, because it, it just didn't do it for me. It was, because yeah. fork, fork and Knife was pre- Deja or post Deja? I don't post. remember. It was yeah. post Deja. Post. But it felt like your favorite weapon. Mm. But not. Really? I don't know. Because it's got that piano, right? The intros, you know, that beautiful piano. Mm. And mm-hmm. for me, I was like, I like this, but it seemed, you know, you feel like this passion when in a lot of their music and like what Jesse Lacey writes. And yeah. For Forty Knife, I was kind of like, is he bored? 
Like, did he just... Yeah. What's behind this? It just, did, it just seemed it was lacking something. It was a little lethargic. That, you know... Yeah, and when I hear, like, your favorite weapon, like, that's one of my favorite records of all time. It's, like, a top ten record for me. But yeah. when I hear it, I'm just like, okay, it's, like, you're early 20. It's, like, you're 18 to 21 in, mm-hmm. New, you know, in New England. Um, Here, I don't know. I'm going to probably fuck everything up right now, but I'm I'm literally picking up my computer, and I'm going to see if I can just do point it at, yep, there it is. Yeah. That's a great, I mean, that is probably my favorite brand new record. Really? Um, Yeah. See, the first record that pops into my head, the reason I asked you guys is because, and it's a little bit of a different take on brand new, but the first thing I think of is Daisy, and that's my favorite record by them. You do love Daisy. That's a great fucking record. That got weird. That's like the Smashing Pumpkins when they did, like, Adore. Remember how that was? That is brand new's version of Adore. Like, Daisy was kind of like, it's so it's so fucking dark it's so oh, weird it's so too it is and weird. like every track on that album i just remember listening to it and being like yep i love this out al- like from the beginning yeah. like when it starts off with that really weird old like gospel-y tune yeah. and then all of a sudden it's just ah! yo what up it's me in post saving you from <laughs> the audio terror that was me trying to <laughs> attempt to sing the intro to Daisy where a woman sings a beautiful hymn-like song mostly falsetto not fit for my voice not fit for the podcast you're welcome Uh, I don't know if you really want to hear it I'll make a patreon and that'll be the exclusive content god bless so good Uh, how was that cat what do you think 10 out of 10 for effort 10 Thank out of you. 10 forever. <laughs> well, I went, I went and saw that tour, um, the Daisy tour, because they they had that tour was stacked, too. Like they had like thrice Glassjaw, Kevin Devine, and Manchester Orchestra on the same bill. Fuck, I yeah, was so right. mad because I showed up late and I had just missed. This is the third time I've missed Gla- seeing Glassjaw, five times. Uh-huh. Yeah. Five times. I had tickets. You've to missed them May, three. And now it's- <laughs> Now it's six times technically. Anyway, uh, we got there, and I remember um, we got there, and we had mm-hmm. just missed Glassjaw, and I'm just like, because I remember who said it, but there's like five of us going, and they're like, yeah, Glassjaw's going on like second to last. It's fine. And then, mm-hmm. no, it was like Kevin Devine. I think it was like Kevin Devine, then Glassjaw or something. And I remember being like, I guess I'm seeing thrice because I'm not like. Uh, I'm that being was, so disappointed. I was like, I, I guess. Yeah, that was when fine. Beggars came out too. So that was the album they were touring for, and it was like a. It was cool. It was like kind of an alternative show. They were transitioning a lot. Um, Thanks so much. That that whole like every band I think on that was doing something that they had never done before. Even Kevin Devine and like mm-hmm. Glassjaw was doing that weird setup where Daryl Palumbo wasn't even facing the audience. Like. <laughs> so edgy uh like he was just like he was looking at the drummer and the drummer was faced like diagonally and then like you had uh the the guitar was like set up and they were they didn't even have a bass player so it was just like three dudes on stage jamming out that um that uh, the coloring book Mm -hmm. ep i think it was yeah just oh my god 
Uh, I, I love music that for forever. Me too. Yeah, we <laughs> we could do like a whole just like we deep dive into into music. Music. Yeah. Podcast, yeah. The cool thing well, about the coffee industry too is that so many folks involved in the industry are involved in music. Yeah. It's like really there's cool. no I've never seen another industry that had so many crossovers between the two. Like I've never worked in a shop where there weren't musicians. It's, yeah. It's kind of incredible. Well, I I don't know if you heard the podcast, but um I didn't even know this, but Andrew, the guy from my Idol- the singer from Idola, our, our friend, uh, he worked at a coffee shop when he first moved back to Utah, mm-hmm. and that was like his first job when he got back. And he he was like the classic barista with a man bun and everything. <laughs> and, and then it, here he is playing music later and talking coffee. It's wild. Um, it is wild. Um, I well, I, so Kat, the the main question that I think like I. I would want to ask you is what advice would you have for someone who's kind of get they're getting to that transition phase in their uh, coffee life where they're maybe like they've worked in coffee for a bit and they're thinking about a career now. Like what <laughs> what is the advice that you would give them? Like what's something that they could do to start that off on the right foot? So when you when someone realizes that when you go to work every day you love yeah. it and you're in a shop and you love the environment and you want yeah. to pursue this full time as a career. Um, I say get involved with the Barista Guild of America. Okay. Get involved with the Specialty Coffee Association. It's a great network of mm-hmm. folks. Um, we're all here to support another. Subscribe to Barista Mag. Um, yep. Really get involved in that and spread and just connect with other people. Go, yeah. to, go to local throwdowns. If there's a throwdown like an hour away from you, grab a friend or just go. And you're going to end up leaving with knowing like five more people. Yeah. Um, I met so many folks in the upstate New York coffee scene when I first moved back. Because I went the first two weeks I was back, I went to a throwdown. Yep. And I met like 17 people. And the next, you know, by, you know, showing face and interacting with folks and making these connections, like you're really building your community. Yeah. And just get involved. Like if you work in a shop and you find that, like, I want to do this, but I don't know anybody go on, just look up Barista magazine, you know, go through different companies. You know, it's all about social media is a great tool now because everybody in the industry is on it for the most part. It really is. And it keeps, it makes it so easy to stay connected, but do all these things, go look into coffee zine, um, coffee Mm -hmm. people zine by Kat. Um, she's, she's awesome. And um, they've done a lot of cool stuff to bring people together during this. Yeah. Time. You know, yeah, like, they've been doing like live drawings, haven't they? Yeah. And so like look for folks, you know, connect with folks like that. Sarah Allen from Barista Mag is a great person too to know, to we interact just, with. We just were introduced to her. Uh, like We're talking to her week. on Wednesday. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's um, so funny that you would say that because like, and you're you're giving this advice, and it's like the stuff that I'm like I'm like nodding my head. I'm like, okay, cool, Matt, and I've made the right decision. <laughs> Thanks, sure, Kat. Keep connecting with people and talk to people. Um, like yeah. even for me, I want to say like half, probably like a third of my coffee friends that mm-hmm. like I'm not physically I don't physically see a lot. Social mm-hmm. media has kept us together, and like it helped us maintain like these connections we have. Yeah, which is cool. That's great. Um, yeah, and just like sharing, you know. Yeah, honestly, it's just like it is. You can feel really vulnerable putting yourself out there. 
Mm-hmm. But like, just just show up to throw dance, add people on yeah. Instagram, message people, ask. Like, I there's a an individual from the Midwest, and I don't remember how we ever connected, but we talk on Instagram a lot, and mm-hmm. they're also in the coffee industry. And you know, it's like you you don't realize all these little connections you make because of this industry, and it's cool to expand kind of like your circle. Yeah. Um, no, it's you know? yeah. It's cool how that works. Like, honestly, so you do your dial-in. Do people ever, like, do people from the coffee industry just, like, respond to your dial-in? They're like, what up, dude? Like All the, t- all the time I'll get people like, this is sick. That's why I made, like, a highlight on my Instagram. Yeah. Dial-ins because folks are like, hey, uh, like, this is a cool series you're doing. And um, I want to, like, be show more dedication to it because I want to do it every day for the year. I yeah. to dial-in whether I was home or traveling or at work or another yep. job. And um, I've dropped the ball, but, you know, quarantine. Yeah. Well, pandemic, we're pandemic, you know. We're gonna, yeah. It's, we're it's all dropping the ball up. right now. It's, it's okay. So no, yeah. but that, that's something I wanted to do is, like, that's my, you know, um, kind of, like, my individual thing. For, to yeah. Keep, totally. You know, for the industry. To keep you know, engaged. Fun thing. Yeah. That's cool. And, you know, like like you were saying, like, the industry itself is just, like, you're you're surprised how welcoming it really is. You know. Oh yeah, it's and it's so vast. It's Super incredible. supportive, yeah. Yeah. And that's I think that goes hand in hand because so many people who are interested in coffee are also interested in equity, like like equality oh, and you know like just being better people. Like I don't I don't think I've met anybody who's just like a negative person so far on this coffee journey. I mean, not knock on wood. Like uh, maybe they're out there somewhere, but like everyone's been cool. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Surprise, it's actually me. <laughs> it's, uh, it yeah, turns so, out to be me. Yeah, yeah, he unveils himself. It was Matt the whole time. Uh, <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you and that dang dog. You're the that's, one with the dog. That's baby. a Scooby-Doo reference. No, well, Just, yeah, she's she, uh, cat, with cat, it would be her and her cat. Oh, cat, is he with so, you? No, um, William has a cat named Jesse who loves me. Oh, but just more than him. Did, did you just look at Will? I may have. Is he right there? Tell him we say hey. No, he just went downstairs. I don't know what you're saying. He brought me my he brought me water and then walked away. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. Well, cool. Um, Matt, you got anything else for the podcast today? I don't think so. That's awesome. Um, uh, this was it was really nice talking to you, Kat. I mean, like we have we have met you know, a bunch of times and, and we've mm-hmm. known each other now for, uh, a year, I would say probably, okay, but yeah. I, I've, I was introduced to you, um, the first time that you came to an upstate coffee collective meetup and, you know, you, you gave me like a quick rundown, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it was so, so nice to like get to learn, you know, long form all about you and where you come from. You're really inspiring. And I have, I still have, Oh my God. So many questions. <laughs> like, yeah. So we'll have to get, you know, we'll on and off the podcast. Yeah. On and off the podcast. Um, <laughs> my last, the last question I want to ask you, and this is actually just a selfish question is, um, you're a huge, uh, you're a huge fan of using barista hustle, mm-hmm. um, for classes, for learning, you know, really doing deep dives into every topic um, in coffee. 
do you recommend that do you think it's worth it for even somebody like me who doesn't work in coffee but is like um dude you work when in I, coffee i don't know what i work saying. in you i work, work in coffee. coffee i don't work yeah. at a cafe is what i'm saying okay uh, <laughs> is it worth it for me to subscribe to barista hustle and like do that whole thing so a lot of the tools in the classes so some of the classes the courses are very informative for anybody whether you're in coffee or not if you have the passion the information is very interesting mm -hmm. but i noticed like the advanced espresso making i was using the refractometer i was using my bar um uh -huh. I remember sitting at the desk in the roastery in newport doing the class when it first came out and i was just kind of like i remember i had like my calculator and everything so there's they do um every lesson there's like a test at the end and if you score like well on the test you can move on like it is an actual class series um mm -hmm. and advanced it took me like a month to complete that because it was so info heavy there is a barista 101 type thing barista 1.0 which i think would be good for anybody mm -hmm. who's interested in coffee um mm -hmm. it's like an intro to being a barista but anything beyond that unless you're actively working like in a shop you have all these tools you have the bar you have a refractometer to use a lot of it can kind of get become kind of muddled you're like oh my god like fat content of milk and like how it's steaming to temperature and it's like right and i can't physically you know, do it like in front of me and yeah right. um yeah but the the barista one is very good i suggest anybody who's interested in working in a cafe or is actively working and wants to you know kind of see where they where they lie on the parameters of being a barista um mm -hmm. especially cop association would do certified barista one um, barista level one, level two, I did level two. Um, mm -hmm. and it was every three years you had to recertify, redo your practical. And this, which I makes sense. Right. And barista hustle, it mirrors a lot of those things that were included with the SCA when it was the SCAA. Um, so I feel like that's a really good point, like starting point. So I would suggest doing that. Um, but okay. Unless you want it to be like, I used to subscribe for my own professional development. I was doing all the courses. Um, there's a lot of different toolkits that they've had on there that I would use in my day-to-day. -day. Um, all different stuff that's really cool to access. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'd, I'd say do, like, a free trial. I think they'd still do a two-week free trial. I'm not sure. Um, but if they do, I'd say explore that, see how it is. And if it's something that you feel is worth spending, I think it's $15 a month on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. Well, now would be a great time for people to do that too, because I mean, yeah. online resources are super important right now. Exactly. Absolutely. So and it is a great platform. Maddie Perger did a great job on it. Um, yes. At first, I was kind of like, you know, it's an old uh, shop owner that I worked for. It was like, we're going to do this. And I'm like, okay. I know this is, <laughs> is CP 101 and 102 that I teach every year at Expo. Like, yeah. dude, I don't need to take this. But it's like, for those, you know, who want to take those intro courses, I think that would be a great starting point. But That's if cool. you, cool. I wouldn't suggest continuing the subscription unless it's something that you're really passionate about learning. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that makes sense. All right, Kat, where can people find you? And do you have any sort of anything you want to shout out? Anything you're working on right now? What, what's up? Um, people can find me 
physically, hopefully within the next month at Pure Coffee in Saratoga uh-huh. Springs, New York. Um, I am on Instagram. My handle is Kat Snot. Um, that is my social media handle that came out at a throwdown. When someone misspelled my name, because my, my full name is Cat Shot Mancini, and um, I wrote like Cat SM, and someone thought I wrote Cat Snot. So oh my God. they put me on the bracket as Cat Snot. And I was like, okay, all right. Um, and you embraced and also, it. I embraced it in front <laughs> of 100 people at a throwdown during Expo in Boston. So you were just, you were like, I'm rolling with the punches here. Yeah, fuck I it. Was, I was like, I've been drinking, so I was like, all right, it's fuck it. Let's fuck go. it. <laughs> That's it. Um, but no, um, basically during quarantine, I've been working on, um, I was asked to do a couple of videos of like baristas in quarantine. Um, yep. But yeah, I just, you know, honestly, shout out to you guys for doing what you do every day. Like you're really making, oh, you're really you. steamrolling ahead with the Woo! collective and it's some, I'm so stoked you know um to be here and to be a part of this today so thank you for having me and thank you for what you're doing um oh, thank you bringing ever keeping everybody together and just promoting mm-hmm. and i feel like you guys are like the coffee industry hype men like we're exactly what we are <laughs> that's it that's it you're the next gianni at expo like, oh my god i can only yet. dream oh my god my my dream is that someone mistakes me for like just some eccentric european man walking around <laughs> kissing people <laughs> that's like a I'm, dream come true for me you got uh, like 50 years to go until you know it's legitimate like, i'll get there i'll but, get there i'll get there they'll be, like, they'll be like they'll be like is that that guy is that, oh, yep, you that someone. Yep, oh, okay. someone. Yep, there he is. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kat. Um, honestly, I can't wait to be back in the crew space with people Same. like you and, and yourself specifically. And not only that, if people follow you on social media, they'll notice that uh, we do share music every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, it's, it's weird music day or just really strange things I happen to be listening to. Like my friend's oh my God. acoustic project that... I was like, wow, man, that's really dark, but it's yeah. really good. <laughs> no, I love it. I lo- every Matt, I don't, you probably see this. Every Tuesday, Kat and I bounce back and forth with like at least a track. Yeah, I always see on, a story where Kat goes, hey, Kev, it's Tuesday. And then it's like a, just <laughs> some Tuesday, obscure band. Yeah. Well, and that all started because at work, at, I did it one day at work. And then, and then you, Cat, much like the the name, Cat just embraced it. She was like, "It's Tuesday, my dude." Like I came back and she's like, you, "The following Tuesday, she's like, it's Tuesday. What are you doing? You got music?" Yep. Yeah. That's how these great. things start. Yep. Well, great, Matt. Take us out, man. Go ahead, flub that outro, and then there's, patch it, fix it later. This why no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean. I've been thinking about it, and <laughs> I'm not going to do this anymore. No? <laughs> All right, fine. I'll do it. Cat, I, uh, I, I'm, basically gonna, I'm basically going to...